What are you purposely filling your mind with? It's either feeding something or planting new seeds. It could be either good or bad. The question you have to ask and answer is, what is it that you're filling your mind with? At the end of the day, you have the power to choose what information you set your mind upon. Welcome to episode 18 of the Walking Closer podcast. I'm your host, Adam Como. Today we're going to talk about how to move forward with changing the mind. It's based on Romans 12, uh, verse 2, which I've made reference to several times through various podcasts, where Paul says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. The question is, how? Well, he answers it. He says, by the renewing of your mind. Did you catch what he said? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is through the renewing of the mind that the heart will be transformed. Why? He says, do this so we'll be able to discern. Discern what's good and acceptable and and what the perfect will of God is. I like the NIVR, which is a little children's uh, version of the NIV says it this way in various translations translated different ways that help you better understand certain concepts and ideas of this and I would encourage you to read those he says and you will agree that what he wants is right that his plan is good and pleasing and perfect as we've been covering this concept of renewing the mind changing the mind we've covered the idea that we're governed by ideas and that ideas are reinforced by images. Part of the reason images are so powerful is the simple fact that they are packed with feelings. And this is important. And it's important because this is our makeup. The way God has created us, the way the mind works. And if we're going to engage the process of changing our minds, this is what we are engaging. Let's not forget why this is important again. Because renovating the mind is a step in the process of renovating our hearts. Now, when it comes to doing something about the mind, I think it's important to also be reminded that it is within the context of what we do that the Holy Spirit is working within us. If you recall back to a a few um, podcasts uh, ago, I uh, addressed this concept of us being alone. That's the question, are we alone? Well, we are not alone in this endeavor. And if we are wanting to be transformed in the image of Jesus... The context in which this is done has everything to do with being a disciple, with following Jesus, by connecting our hearts with the heart of God. And it's within that relationship that we are changed and transformed. And we're just one half of that relationship, though. Okay, And Jesus addresses these sorts of things. And I, I love the context of John 4. Jesus is speaking with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And he tells her, listen, I have living water that, that you can drink of and never be thirsty again. Because it has the power, the power to quench your thirst. Any thirst that you have, the thirst that remains, in fact, as you go about trying to fulfill that void, fulfill that desire through whatever, whatever the world offers, whatever satisfactions that are there for the taking. He says, and in fact, this water will satisfy you so much. I love this language. He says, it will become 
in you, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I love the picture of that here. And you can't talk about John 4 without making a line to John 7, where Jesus says in verse 38, speaking of people who believe in him, he says, out of his heart, that is the heart of the believers, will flow rivers of living water. In verse 39, he says, now this he said about the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit being within us, quenching, helping to quench this thirst, these satisfactions uh, that uh, we seek after that, well, in fact, they still, these thirsts still remain. And it's the same Spirit that, according to Paul in 2 Corinthians 3.18, is transforming us into the same image of Jesus from one degree of glory to another. Now, as this is done, we're told that fruit is produced in our lives, which is referred to as the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Now, you don't look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23 as a list of various fruits, but it is a fruit. It is a kind of fruit. It is a love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control kind of fruit. It's a list of words that encompasses the one character of the Spirit-filled life that Paul is trying to describe. And then he says in chapter 4 of Ephesians, don't grieve it. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, that is, cause sadness to distress, to bring grief upon the Holy Spirit of God, by whom, he says, you were sealed for the day of redemption. And so we have to ask the question, how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, if you begin that chapter, he says in verse 1, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. And I would suggest, based on the context, that we grieve the Holy Spirit by failing to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, which is why he says in verses 17 and 18, don't walk like those who are depraved, who are alienated, who are estranged from God. You are a disciple of Jesus. Don't act like you don't have a relationship with him. Don't act like you don't even know him. Don't act like he does not exist. Look at who you are. Consider who you are as his disciple. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of his calling. And that, that is, and says in verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, as opposed to grieving the Holy Spirit by becoming, verse 19, callous, giving yourselves up to, he, but he says, sensuality, developing desires or, or, or appetites for every kind of impurity. When we do those things, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. Okay, And as we move forward, notice the things in this context that are converging together. You have the work of the Holy Spirit and the choices we make, how we respond, how we act, how we think. We might say how we live our lives. So if you have the work of the Holy Spirit and you have our work as it were. Think for a moment. What happens if we think, act, respond, live a life like there is no God, we have no relationship with him, like we don't know him? What's the outcome? If we're Christians who have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, go back to Ephesians 1.13, yet live this way, we are quenching the Holy Spirit, and there's not much transforming going on going to be taking place in that relationship, is there? As opposed to, however, if we live as disciples, taking the journey, striving to respond with humility and gentleness and patience and all those other things, God is at work within that. We're not alone. And when we are on the journey, when we're striving, not perfection, we're just striving, we're working. God helps us. He aids us. And he, he produces fruit within us, the fruit that cannot be produced on our own. 
He fills us with grace, the strength, and the power to do things that we cannot do on our own. And that's within, it's within that context that our hearts are transformed, that our minds are changed, are transformed. So we're not, we're not alone. We're not alone, okay? But, but there are things that we do. There's a work that, is, that, that we engage in. Okay, we are laborers together with God, as Paul says it in another context. We have already discussed the concepts of thoughts, ideas, and images in, in, in the previous episodes. Okay, but here's the thing: think about it. Where do they come from? These are not just in our heads, right? Right. There's a reason why we think about them. There's a reason that they came from somewhere. How did they get there? How did, how did they get there? They they come from uh, promoted by provoked by, enticed by, the seeds of which are planted by, should we say, all those things, they all come from external information. The information that surrounds us as we live our lives, the information came from our parents, from our friends, from the community that surrounded us as we were growing up. From the, it, it, it continues to come from the community we live in now. It might continue to still come from parents and friends and so forth. It comes from our social groups, our schools, our churches, our politics, right? It comes from our news. It comes from media, social media, from the books we read, the things we listen to, the movies we watch. They either reinforce the ideas that are already there, or they help to plant new seeds and, and, and create new ideas and thoughts um, that will ultimately have a lot to do with our formation. Okay, And all these things, they feed our minds, they give us, they are the things we think upon. Now, when that information is bad and it's misleading, it's wrong, it's perverted, it's twisted, what are the effects? They're devastating. However, when the information is right, when it's wholesome, when it's pure, when it's true, what are the effects? Well, it's freeing and, and, and transforming. See, inf- information, it, it shapes what we believe. That's the ideas and images. Information shapes what we believe. That's the ideas and images in our mind. What you believe determines how you act. It really is a situation where garbage in equals garbage out. Garbage in equals garbage out. This is why it's so important. And this point, it, you cannot, it cannot be over-exaggerated. It is so important that the ideas and images that fill our minds be that which will be freeing and transforming. That's the message of Jesus. That's the gospel. I'm going to read, you a, uh, read to you a quote from Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Wheeler as he talks about uh, this concept and the part that Jesus played and how Jesus actually came to this world and he addressed this very thing. He says this, listen to this. He says, the first task of Jesus in his earthly ministry was to proclaim God, to inform those around him of the availability of eternal life from God through himself, that is Jesus. He made it clear that by placing their confidence in himself, that's when Jesus said things like, believe on me, that they could immediately enter into the world of life enjoyed or enter into eternal life enjoyed by those in the kingdom of the heavens. This is basic information for human life, Dallard says, and it was then and it is now. Jesus addressed a culture where there was so many, so much false information about who people were, about who the kingdom was, about who God was, and even about who Jesus was, right? And our culture, it's, it's, it's no different. But I would suggest that we are on sensory overload. There are so many messages and signals and so much information coming at us. We're not, even, we're not processing it very well at all, if any of it. right? We, we, and as a, we have to take action. We, be, be even more proactive when it comes to this. We, we, listen, we, we, 
we have to slow down. We have to take a deep breath and assess our situations. Okay, what are we feeding ourselves? What are we being intentional about allowing into our minds? What are we focusing on? What are we thinking upon? Right now, we we're, there's lots of information coming at us, and we're we're probably absorbing things, information that we're not even aware of. Okay, I say. Focus on what you can control and are aware of. What are you purposely filling your mind with? It's either feeding something or planting new seeds. It could be either good or bad. The question you have to ask and answer is, what is it that you're filling your mind with? At the end of the day, you have the power to choose what information you set your mind upon. Do you want to keep feeding yourself the information that has led to your problems? Or do you want the remedy, the solution? And if that's what you want, then feed yourself the information that leads to life. And, and, and while you're feeding yourself this good information, don't be slipping in the junk on the side. Keep feeding yourself the good stuff, the, the pure stuff, the, the, wholesome, the wholesome stuff. I call it the good stuff. I have a friend who uh, used to be in ministry, and when he was in ministry, we would talk about things. We would send emails uh, about various information and texts about various information, and I would uh, think about whether it was a good book, good article, uh, maybe it was another good message. Um, you know, um, I would I would talk about it and re- make reference to it as the good stuff, and we would joke about this, that if, uh, if our phones were tapped or emails were, were tapped, um, those in uh, law enforcement might think that we're talking about drugs. It is the good stuff. <coughs> and the good stuff when our minds are filled with the good stuff when our minds are set upon the good stuff what comes out the abundant life good stuff now if our goal is to have god in our thoughts constantly then we then we then we really should take paul's words seriously here he says in philippians 4 fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Listen, don't, that's not just, that's not just a passage to read that sounds good. And it's good positive thoughts. It sends out good positive vibes. Let's take this actually, let's take it seriously. Let's take it seriously. And then he says in verse 9, keep putting into practice. All that you learn and receive from me. I would suggest to you that when it comes to fixing your thoughts on what is true, keep putting that into practice. Keep doing that over and over and over again. It takes work. It takes us being intentional. It takes energy. It takes focus. Right? And then when we do that, take the words of the Hebrew writer seriously when he says, pay closer attention to what you have heard. That's the good stuff. Lest you drift away from it. Because you've got so much stuff coming at you. There's so much information that's being thrown at you. So many false ideas and so many things that we believe about ourselves, about God, and about reality, and about other people, about situations. Keep holding on to the good things. Keep setting your mind on the good stuff. right? And this, this is a part of what Paul talks about in 1 Timothy 4. So telling Timothy, it's a part of being trained in the words of the faith and of good doctrine. Right? And then Paul goes on to encourage him in verse 7 to train yourself for godliness. Train yourself. You've got to do something. And he says, verse 8, and this is why. Godliness is of value in every way. Why? 
It holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Did you catch that? It's what leads to the abundant life here and now. We play a part. We have to get up. We have to be intentional. We have to focus, set our minds on the right things. Quit justifying actions. Quit justifying our laziness. Quit justifying our, our, our addictions. And, and, and quit justifying all the reasons why we constantly fill our minds with junk. Regardless of what the culture says, regardless of what our friends, what our, regardless of who says, it doesn't matter. It's time for us to quit justifying our actions. Quit feeding ourselves the stuff that causes us to be so unhappy, that causes us so much misery. Why keep doing it? So what am I saying? Yeah, what I'm saying is if Facebook is a problem, get off of it. Right? If, 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 if you have a problem comparing your, your behind-the-scenes life with all these picture-perfect lives that people present in front of the lens, get off of it. Stop doing it. Right? Like if, if, you, have, if you have issues with, 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 with uh, pornography, if you have issues with shopping, if you have issues, like whatever it is that you're using to feed... <laughs> those passions and, and to find that satisfaction within you. Stop going to those sources and go to the one source. Quit grieving the Holy Spirit and begin to allow the Spirit to do a work in you. In fact, if you go back to Ephesians, Paul continues on and talks about being filled with the Spirit. would that be so much better? And like, what would it be like? And you need to ask yourself, what would it be like for the Spirit to flow out of you, right? And it, for it to be like, 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 like living waters springing up to eternal life, like a river, right? Of water that, that is going to affect all those who are around you. Couldn't you not imagine how that much better that is? than all the other stuff that we utilize, that we fill ourselves up with. Think about it. Think on those things. In other words, you want to get rid of the garbage. You want to get rid of the ideas. You want to get rid of the images that are in your head and replace them with the good stuff. You're going to do that. you got to put the good stuff in. You have to. You're either going to continue to feed the lies, the images, the feelings, or are you going to replace them? Which one's it going to be? What's it going to be? So I'm going to close with a little challenge for you to start with when it comes to this concept that we're, we're focused on here. See, see, we like talking about it. It's another thing. It's another thing to start taking action, right? And it can be scary. The unknowns, I get it. But, but here's your challenge, okay? There's a book called Renovation of the Heart in Daily Practice. It's a uh, Dallas Willard and a woman by the name of Jan Johnson. These two authors came together and created this book. It's kind of like you can call it a devotion, if you will. I think it's a little bit more than that. It takes uh, Dallas Willard's words and his concepts, and then she's able to take those and put them in, 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 in a form that probably will speak better to some people who have a difficult time embracing or understanding really what I should say, uh, Willard's words. And so she kind of takes them and I won't say dumb them down, but she really speaks in a language that is more understandable for uh, most people. 
And um, there's an experiment in that book. There's lots of experiments. And one of the experiments is, is uh, I suggest that I think would be helpful here. And here's your challenge, okay? So we're talking about dwelling on information, um, replacing the false the perverted, the twisted in our minds with the good stuff, okay? And one of the primary places that we have is what we refer to as Scripture. We go to that, this information of the gospel, right? And when we go to that, what we have to do here, when we're going to dwell on it, in order to dwell on something, it's like staring at it, right? But you're staring at it and studying it, and, and intently you're looking at it, right? And images come in your mind, and obviously you, you, you have feelings and thoughts and ideas that come across the page. When you come to this and you go to Scripture, the challenge is this. You go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and you, you, you read it slowly, several times. Maybe take several days and read it slowly over and over and over again. And while you're reading this, wonder what life, what reality, what, what even, even you personally would look like if these passages were really true. And you ask yourself, what is God saying to me? So go read Colossians 3, 1 through 4 slowly. Take several, several times, may take several days. But, but ask yourself, what are the things that are above? That's a, in Colossians 3 where Paul makes reference to the fact that we you know, set our minds on things that are above and are below. This is some passages that we've, we've, we've talked about already. Go back to them and ask yourself things. Like, what are those things that are above? What would it look like to set my heart? On those things. What would it look like to set my mind upon those things? And then pray and ask, ask for help in making it a reality. James, James, if you lack wisdom, ask God. And expect Him to deliver. Expect Him to deliver. That's your work. Helping change the mind. On the next episode, I'm going to talk about some practical things that we can implement ideas, practices, maybe some techniques you can engage in with this process of changing the mind. That's next time on the Walking Closer podcast. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and share and connect with me on the Walking Closer Facebook page. Drop me a message or any questions that you may have. Make sure to join us next time as we explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.